Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. E-S-N-Y. Okay, welcome back to the Nick's State of Mind podcast. I'm your host, Chip Murphy. We have a very special episode today. Uh, friend of the show, Matt Esposito is here, owner of the Playgrounder. Matt, thank you for coming on. I'm excited to be here. Uh, this, I think this has firmly taken over my, the top spot. as like fa- favorite podcast to come on to. Wow, thank you very yeah. much. appreciate yeah. that. And uh, I appreciate you coming on for this episode because we've done this now twice in a row, I think. Uh, Last week, we talked to Andrew Claudio, and we didn't really intend to talk too much Knicks last week with him, even though he is a Knicks fan, but we ended up the entire podcast talking about movies. And me and you today intended to talk entirely about TV, two shows in particular, uh, The White Lotus and Manifest, which we will get to. But then... Norm MacDonald passed away, mm-hmm. who we are both fans of and we love. So we wanted to start by talking about Norm MacDonald. And I know I love him. I'm a huge fan. And Matt, we were talking earlier about him. And you mentioned you listened to uh, Bill Simmons's podcast where he was talking about him. And we know Norm's a big sports fan. He had a sports show. Uh, I just, real quick, Matt, what was your thoughts when you heard he passed away? Obviously, everybody on Twitter was posting tweets videos of him what were you thinking about him well for me i feel like he was one of the last the last guys who was sincerely unafraid to speak an honest truth about mm-hmm. something or maybe a better way of putting it is like he he was so unafraid of anything even related to cancel culture yeah um and regardless of where you fall on the political spectrum like there is something to be said about wanting to say what you want to say and saying it uh being unafraid when you say it so like i don't know i'm sure for a bunch of people and and so you know people like bill simmons included people who have been outspoken about cancel culture um probably felt this one a little bit harder because i and this this might be a discussion for another day but like i think comedy in general is in a really precarious state um and to see these kind of icons pass away is is maybe indicative of what's happening to comedy in general see that's interesting because i actually think comedy is doing about to turn around and doing really well convince me please it it depends on who you look at because i i just watched a comedy special on youtube by a guy named shane gillis who it was brilliant i thought it was hilarious uh, he was on a bunch of different podcasts promoting it. Like he was on Joe Rogan. He was on Bobby Lee's podcast, Theo Vaughn's podcast, any popular podcast you can name he's been on. And he was the guy who was supposed to be on SNL mm. and he got canceled for anti-Asian slurs. He got fired yes. for that. And that was, I think a couple of years ago now. 
but his, I mean, I just looked at the views again before we came on here. It's almost up to a million views and it's just on YouTube and it's, I mean, it's hilarious. Everybody should go check that one out. Just search Shane Gillis on YouTube. It's very funny. And then you look at like uh, Bo Burnham's thing on uh, on Netflix too. Every, everybody was talking about that when that came out. True. I mean, I just feel like there's a lot of a lot of really good comics that come out still. Like I can name a bunch of young comics in New York that are like I love Chris DeStefano. Yeah, like Mike uh, Mike Cannon's really good. Uh, Dan Soder is great. On I mean, I learned about Dan Soder through billions of stuff. Sam Morell is great. He's a Knicks fan, obviously too. So I, I could go on and on about comics, but. I just there's I think the whole like oh comedy's dying. I'm not saying you're saying comedy's dying, but no. like I, I think there are people who are exaggerating about comedy and like, oh, comedy's dead, cancel culture killed comedy. Like I think that we, we need to relax that because there's so many good comedians. So, really so here's are. here's where I'm at with it. I think I think in a sense you're right. Like in terms of stand up, I, th- I actually do now that you put it that way and like listening to you speak about it, I would say that stand up's doing okay. Especially mm-hmm. when you look at guys like, uh, I can never say his name right, but Sebastian Man- oh, Maniscalco. Maniscalco, yeah. He, he had a little, you know, he was kind of on top of the world for a, a year or two and he's getting into movies and stuff. So maybe, maybe just like how I would refine it is like, you know, when we see those comedians um, make the inevitable tra- or attempt to make that transition into movies, I, I think that's where we might see things kind of just not be as funny anymore like for example there are a lot of snl stars that go out and make movies you know i don't know if some of will ferrell's older movies which i think are hilarious would get made today or get or have the same jokes so like i you know what i do agree with you with stand-up comedy i I think that it is in a good place i think maybe the sitcom area maybe maybe the movie area is where I think might be a little more precarious. I think you're right about that. The sitcom area. I don't know about the movie area. Well, you're probably right about that. The sitcom area. You're definitely right about. I think sitcoms are dead. Yeah. Once it's always sunny goes off the air. What is a good sitcom on TV? Yeah. (laughs) Like I I can't think of one. Have you actually tried to like tune into, you know, some of the top build shows, like, like a, like a Thursday night on, on Fox or, or something like that. Like it's awful. No. I don't, I can't, I mean, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, I know is on NBC still. I haven't watched good. in a while, but that is yeah. a very funny show. I just haven't There's managed not to many. check it out in a while. Yeah. It's slim pickings. Yeah. There isn't a lot of Brooklyn Nine-Nines on network TV. That's like a one yeah. in a million network TV show. I right. Mean, and, and Fox canceled it. <laughs> That's how I much the, these networks know about it. It had to move to NBC. But so I, weird. I know you wanted to talk about Norm McDonald. Uh, yeah. I'm moving back to Norm for a little yeah, bit. Yeah, Speaking yeah. of NBC, tell, they fired Norm from right. SNL. Yeah. I know. These, <laughs> these people. Um, but tell everyone, so you're, I know you're a more, you're a bigger fan um, or more involved fan than him than I was. And, and I, you know, I'm looking forward to like doing the YouTube deep dives and, and kind of um, going, digging back into his life. But, you know, tell, tell me, tell me and tell, tell it like the listeners what made him so special. Well, it was a lot of things, but I think the reason I fell in love with him at first, his comedy, was him going on late night. Yeah, I mean, obviously, the, the Burt Reynolds impression on Celebrity Jeopardy was great, but 
the Conan O'Brien appearances and the David Letterman appearances were amazing. He's the greatest mm. guest in the history of late night in people that I've watched. You know, the Conan O'Brien moth joke, I, I don't know if you've watched that since he passed away. People have been posting that on Twitter uh, a lot on Twitter, and it's one of the funniest jokes ever. He just tell, tells a joke about a moth, and it goes on and on and on. <laughs> it, it ends by, oh, the light was on. Yeah, it's just one of the funniest things ever. And he's he just has this incredible ability where he's like, I don't care if the audience gets the joke as long as like I think it's funny or other comedians think it's funny. Like other other people, other comedians are like you know like are concerned about bombing, I guess. He he's one of the few comedians I feel like didn't care about bombing. You know, like right. he would, he would kind of revel in making the audience uncomfortable as you could especially tell that on the, the late night shows with Conan, when he would just get like a kind of a tepid response and he'd just sit there and maybe turn around at Andy Richter and stare at him and wait to get a chuckle from Andy Richter. And then he'd make fun of Andy Richter or something. And he would just wait and wait. And he was like an assassin after a while, he would just kill with like one specific line because he was everything was off the top of his head and it was god everything was so funny i mean he had there's so many good jokes me and my brother was were watching something and about uh a joke he did about on letterman about uh how his neighbor was a professor of logic and he was asking his neighbor what that was and uh he's like ah is uh He's a, you know, he's a professor of logic over at the, the University of Science over there. Yeah, the University of Science. Uh, and Conan's like, oh, yeah, I heard that's a good school. Yeah, yeah the University of Science. Like, what are you talking about? It's just ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's so funny. And you know, you, you, bring up a, you bring up a good point, though. Like, there are some people who... All right, I'm, I'm going to give you a good example, right? So, like, um, I remember I used to go to these different my, – my sister was a – she danced growing up, um, not on, like, a stripper pole. That I made it sound like <laughs> <laughs> she, she, is a, she is a teacher and a good one, and she never stripped. But, um, she, you know, you know I, she danced the way I played, you know, like soccer or basketball. And we would go to her recitals. And I could, you can never tell who the good dancers are versus the bad ones. Like, it's just mm-hmm. – unless you dance so like she would come up to me after the show and she would be like you know because I, I you get to know a few of the dancers she'd be like yep did you see britney and i was like yeah what about it she was like britney's a fan, like an absolutely otherworldly dancer and i'm like everyone looks the same up there how do you know right so i feel like with comedians do the same thing right like we know if someone's funny or not by watching their stand-ups but comedians know how everything works, the preparation, what they put in behind the scenes. So like when you see someone like, you know, Norm pass away and everyone from Jim Carrey, you know, any comedian, you name it, for them to come out and say, wait a minute, like Seth Rogen, right? To say, hey, wait a minute, this was the guy. Martin too, yeah, everybody, yeah. Yes, they all came out and said, this was actually, this was like one of the goats, right? Um, it, It really, it just, it really means a lot. And he had just from, from the clips that I've seen of him, it, it, it looked like he was the most confident person to ever tell a joke. Like nothing would ever shake him. Like it doesn't matter if 
he was doing uh, a bit in front of the president or in front of like some random guy waiting outside of a bus stop. Like if they didn't laugh, he didn't care. And I think that's very close to being irreplicable. Never was that more apparent than when he hosted the ESPYs and he made all of those athletes uncomfortable. (laughs) That's what I was thinking of. You have to go, if anybody hasn't watched that ESPYs monologue, go watch the ESPYs monologue. And he, he talked about it on the Lebertard show. They replayed him talking about it on the Lebertard show. And he talked about how he was uninvited to the after party because Ken Griffey Jr. was so upset by what he said that he didn't want him at the after party. So he was kind of like told like, hey, don't go there because pretty much you're going to get your ass kicked if you I'm go cr- there. Didn't he make a Monica Lewinsky intern joke? At the ESPYs? Or I, at I the- have to find this clip. Yeah, at the ESPYs. I'm pretty sure he oh, says he because I think he did it in like 1998, which is like, you yeah. know, right, right in the middle of all that. And he says something. He's like, yeah, I chose to do this because they have interns. So like <laughs> he, like you have to be so sick and twisted to lean into that side of the intern joke. Like typically you would make fun of like Bill Clinton. He was like, no, I, I want to see these interns. <laughs> and like, I absolutely lost it. Like I, I'm going to look it up and send it to you, but just a different, like a different type of character. And it, it's, it sucks, man. Like it, like, I feel like he never got that really, truly breakout moment the way other SNL stars did. Yeah, and I mean, cancer, nine years and just never told anyone. Crazy. And had that, that crazy, that bit going around that he had about cancer and how when you lose your battle with cancer, it's not a real loss. Don't call it a loser. It's, it's a tie because when you die, the cancer dies with you like wow that's that's wild that he wrote that joke but i mean he's just there's i mean there's so much great comedy with thor mcdonald everything he i was watching his uh his old netflix show like earlier this morning when he had david spade on and lauren michaels on those are just worth listening to obviously for the old snl stuff but man he's just yeah he's one of the funniest people ever a comics comic they call them and he's yeah, one of the funniest comedians of all time, I think. Yeah, and and what I love most about him is that I I think everything for him came very organically. You know, mm-hmm. like I I think very few people in people in this world actually end up doing what they're kind of born to do, and he was one of them who did, and I, I think that's great. Yeah, agreed, agreed. A legend, a legend. So R.I.P. Norm Macdonald, a legend. It's very sad that he passed away, but his. He's a legend, and if you if you don't know who Norm Macdonald is, go check him out. And we will miss Norm Macdonald for sure. That's right. But, but uh, uh, Matt, we do want to move on because we do know that you have a show that you want to talk about very much, and that is a show called The White Lotus. And I know that this episode is long overdue because you've been wanting to talk about this show for a long time. And unfortunately, the last time you were on, I hadn't watched the show yet. So now I have watched the show. So let's, let's talk about it. You, you go first. You're the, you're the fan of the White Lotus and you're the guest. So you go first. So we had a deal. We, we had a deal that I would watch Manifest and you would watch White Lotus. Yes. And I ended up enjoying Manifest. I'm not done with it yet, but I ended up enjoying it. And I know uh, the feeling wasn't reciprocated for White Lotus from you. However, this is what makes White Lotus so weird to me. The first four episodes... So, like, we're talking, you know, a couple hundred minutes of television. Nothing of any importance happens at all. Nothing. 
not one thing, right? Like no one, so the very, and this is not going to be a spoiler alert. Um, the very first scene of the show, they tell you that someone dies during this trip and you don't know who it is. And nothing in those first four episodes even gives a hint about what happened. And it's not even like there's other drama, right? Like it's, here's what happens, you know, like a couple of, what are they The college sophomore girls get their drugs stolen maybe is the biggest thing. Like, I guess, you know, what's his name might have, you know, testicular cancer, but ends up not even having the cancer. Yeah, so like for a second, give him the cancer. That, that would be, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's I know. Like, and so at, at some point you're thinking, Oh, okay. This guy's going to get his, his results back. And, He's going to find out he has cancer and, and, you know, that's when stuff's going to hit the fan. But then they're like, no, he doesn't have cancer. And you're like, oh, okay. Like literally nothing happens of any importance. There's no incredible plot twist. There's nothing that makes the plot even move. And then all of a sudden something kind of does happen where it starts to pick up a little bit. And what I keep coming back to is I can't for the life of me figure out why I enjoy those first 200 minutes and I kept coming back to the show despite nothing important, entertaining, or interesting happened. I can't figure out why I kept coming back. I can't either. I, I know why I kept. <laughs> I know why I kept watching it was because you were watching Manifest. Because we I made binged, a deal. Yeah, I binged all six episodes in one day, and all the reasons you just said. The first four episodes, nothing happens. Right. It's like okay, they're going to eat. They're going to swim. They're going to scuba dive. They're going to, I don't know, whatever else they did. They're going eat to again. eat again. Every single episode, they wake up in the morning. We're going to be late for brunch. Right. <laughs> every right. single, you don't have to eat in every single episode, do you? Like in every, everyone, 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 there's a problem with, it's just people at a hotel, guests at a hotel doing what guests at a hotel do for, yeah. the, for the entire first four episodes. If there are. There are only every single character except for maybe two is designed for you to not really like them. Yeah. Right. Like, like the, uh, why am I blanking on her name? Connie, Connie Britton. Connie Britton. She's great. Actress. She's great. But like her character is one you're supposed to hate. It's Mm -hmm. this like, just kind of working on vacation CEO that no one likes. The the dad is just like goofy and stupid and overdramatic. The son is a freaking weirdo. Uh, Sydney Sweeney is beautiful, but, (laughs) but she, but she is like this, you know, if you took everything bad about Gen Z and made it a character, it would be her. It would be her friend that's on the trip. The only characters you you really end up kind of maybe liking are Armando, who's the guy who runs the hotel and, uh, Alex, uh, Diodario, Diodario. Oh, uh, Rachel. Yeah. Yes. That's the, that's the wife. the yeah. newlywed wife, yeah, but newlywed you don't even wife. end up, you don't even end up liking her. I just end up kind of feeling bad for her. I, like, it doesn't mean I like her character. Well, I'm just kind of like. When the end happens. Yeah. You definitely feel bad for her. Oh, dude. I, that crushed my soul. It crushed my soul, but it kind of had to end that way. But um, tell me why, tell me why you couldn't, is there anything outside of like the first three or four episodes where nothing happens that you just didn't like about the show? Okay. So I get what it was it's obviously it's a it's spoofing uh rich white people i grew up in a in a town 
with a bunch of rich white people in it. So I, I'm fine with <laughs> seeing rich white people get made fun of. I think it's great. Yeah. Um, I didn't think it was funny. I didn't think anything on the show was funny. So there's that. Maybe it just, I, I know other people thought it was funny. I just wasn't my kind of humor, I guess. I didn't, I didn't get the humor either, to be okay. honest. I, I, yeah. didn't, I didn't think it was like that. Okay. So then I thought it was weird that people were describing it as a, com- as a comedy. It's, I just, yeah, it's not. Yeah. That is weird. Yeah. Um, there was that part. And it was, I just didn't think they were showing anything new. Like it was like, oh, rich white people get away with everything. Like, uh, yes. the, the, uh, like, that's not breaking news. Like, <laughs> I, like okay. New on CNN. Yeah, yeah. White rich, people get away with stuff. Rich white people do whatever they want. and No consequences. It, yeah, it, it frustrates everyone. Uh, did you really need to make six episodes of a show for, to tell us that? You could have done, like, you could have featured, uh, what's the, I think Paula was the friend's name. You could have featured her more. That would have yes. been it. Her relationship with the Hawaiian kid, uh, you could have featured them more. And after the, ki- the Hawaiian kid gets arrested, you never see him again? Why did never. they just wrote him off the show? That was ridiculous. He gets arrested. Yeah, he was, and it's like he's gone. Yeah. I thought he was good, too, actually. I, I thought he was a decent actor. Um, I think Paul is a decent actor. I, I don't like – I ended up not liking her character. After she sets him up to get uh, – commit a crime and then he gets so arrested stupid. and it's she acts like it's all for him but it's really because she hates the family and wants them to get robbed yeah exactly yeah. like <laughs> would it have i everything about it it's one of those things where i actually think we have we're more similar about this show than what we think um i think you hate hated watching it and i think at some points i hate watched it you know what i mean okay. like which, which are kind of in the same vein. And I just, I think for me, I, I, I definitely took the bait on this. Like I that's thought why I, that's the overwhelming reason why I hated it. That they, yeah. that was a total trap. The, yes. the, the opening scene, it was a dick move by that guy. He sucks you in and makes you think the entire time, like, Oh, don't, don't worry. Don't worry that the entire show has been boring because something's going to happen now. Yes. Don't don't worry that you've been bored to death because now someone's going to get brutally murdered or something terrible is going to happen to someone. Yeah. Oh no, that's not what's going to happen. Someone's just going to shit in a suitcase and yes. stumble onto a knife drunkenly or high, whatever he was. Right. It's like what? Really? And the whole time I'm thinking to myself, I think this is what kept me watching it. So we know that someone dies, and the whole time I'm thinking to myself, okay, these elite of the elite white privileged people okay there's a good chance that it's one of them who dies and it's a tv show so you can root for someone to die in a tv show you can do it and i'm thinking i'm just doing the numbers i'm like okay the odds are it's one of these white folk that gets it and it's going to be a moment in the show where the family for the first time realizes that there are consequences to what they do even if the consequences might not even be proportionate to some of the wrong stuff they do. And then at the end of the day, it's just like, wait a minute, the one guy I'm rooting for, the one guy who has to put up with everyone's crap is the one that gets it. It was like, it was like a Johnny Cash song, like a bad Johnny Cash song, if that's possible, where it just wanted to depress you as much as possible with the ending. Like, like, 
the guy who deals with all of the crap, all of the people who are shitty the entire time, they get happy endings. But the guy who is put through the shit the whole time, he dies. And, and the guy, I can't remember the masseuse who she deals with this crazy woman shit the whole time. And she gets the money taken away from her. It's like, what? Like everyone gets everyone who you think would get screwed, gets screwed in the whole time. You're, you're, they dangle this murder as this is the retribution you're looking for. And that's what kept me going. I was like, okay, listen, as, as absolutely awful these people are, I'm pretty sure one of them's going to get killed somehow. Yeah. Like something's going to happen. You know, maybe it's the father and the son as they go scuba diving and they realize like, okay, like stuff happens if you think you're invincible. And I, I just kept holding on to that. And I, and I, I still enjoyed, I don't think I enjoyed the, how the show ended, but I enjoy like that it ended. (laughs) I just can't believe that that many people loved it. Yeah. That it was like this dark critic darling or whatever. And that it's getting a second season. I, I just didn't see it with that show. It's not, not like the typical HBO classic, like mayor of East town was mayor of East town was fucking brilliant. Yeah. So good. And I, you know what I think of anything, this is more the the fact that this show was successful, whether you like it or not, like whether you like it or not, the show is a success just because like the critics love it and, yeah. and millions of people watched it and they renewed it. But whether you like the show or not, this show might be more of a reflection on like HBO's cachet than anything else. Like HBO out of all the networks, you know, stars, Showtime, Fox right now, they're the ones who can amp up a show, hype it up more than anyone else. And I think some people love the shows simply because it's HBO. And we yeah. saw a little we saw a little chink in the armor with the last season of, of Game of Thrones. And that's when I was like, wait a minute, there's a chance that this, you know, this David or this Goliath gets beaten by a David at some point, right? Like there might be an Achilles, uh, an Achilles heel to this. Why well, I just I, I see, see how I went between Greek mythology and classical <laughs> Ju- Judaism there. That was, <laughs> that was, that's my one strong suit of this podcast, but um, I don't know, man. So how do you, how, how do you feel as like, what's the state of HBO right now? Like is HBO at the top of its power right now? Not to steal like the Bill Simmons, you know, you know what, what does he say? Um, oh, it's on his rewatchables apex mountain, right? Like apex mountain. Where do you think HBO is right now in terms like, of its competitors? Relative to Netflix, you mean? I think Netflix is number one. So number number one in terms of like popularity or number one in terms of the how good their content is? Oh. I think Netflix just has more to offer than HBO. I, I mean, that's a tough question. I think it's Netflix and HBO probably, right? Are yeah. just one A and one B. One A and one B. It what depends on a- if you're a Marvel Star Wars person, because then you have to factor Disney Plus in there. If you and had it, to pick, it gets one. complicated. If you had to pick one, what would you pick? What if I could only have one of them? I would Netflix. I don't know, man. I don't. There are sometimes I find myself on Netflix for like a half hour before I pick something to watch. Yeah, but, but maybe doesn't that mean they have? Doesn't that mean they have so many good things that you can't decide, or does it mean you 
just can't find one thing that you actually like? It, it might be more of a me problem. It might be like, I have a specific taste. Um, I've become like very, I, I listen to like, you know, a couple of rewatchables and I, and I get your emails and all of a sudden I've become like, like a cinemaphile and like a, like a TV snob. I don't know how I happened like overnight. Um, so I think it might be like my taste is I'm looking, I'm looking for that knockout show every single time and I, or movie and I'll spend forever until I see it. But I guess one A and one B is, is good for that. I, I'm not a huge Disney guy to be honest. And, and Apple to me only really has Ted Lasso. Yeah. So I don't know, but I don't know. HBO, man, I, I still think it's got the top spot. Really over Netflix. I, yeah. I mean, me, when, when Game of Thrones releases their spinoff, the Targaryen spinoff, I mean, then I'm going to have to check out HBO obviously, but true. I mean, right now, I think Netflix is number one. I just do. So I stick. How far? Stick with. How Netflix. far behind? How far behind is HBO? Oh, not far. I mean, ev- almost everything they put out is a hit. So yes. <laughs> I mean, literally almost everything they put out is a hit. So I would okay. say not far behind. They're still. I mean, and they've been. They get like you said. They have the HBO cachet. They put something out, and all, uh, people. Right. People are just going to be like, oh, it's an HBO show. I should probably check it out because it's an HBO show. And but they do have a good hit rate. Oh, yeah. The best, the highest hit rate in the game. Yeah. Mary they absolutely B. Sound was do. so good. Oh, Dude. my God. It was amazing. Mary B. Sound was. And you know what was weird? Um, I started listening to some of the reviews on that. And people kept talking about how, like, sexually appealing Kate Winslet is. And I had never, and I, I don't know, like, I feel like I had never noticed it until someone pointed it out, but like she could kind of be like dirty hot. Like, do you know what I mean? Like just in general, I don't know. It's I had, it would, but I had to wait until someone pointed it out to me. And then I was like, okay, I kind of get it now. I kind of see it. On the show. I guess I never really thought of her. Well, I guess she, she's with, uh, I don't remember the guy's name on the show, but I don't know if she had any scenes like that on the show where I would, would have even thought of her like that go rewatch it and then yeah look look for the moments and you'll be like i'm kind of into her <laughs> like, yeah maybe 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 it's just me yeah I, I i don't even remember thinking of her like that to be honest now i'm yeah i, I don't that, remember that um that's your new homework assignment yeah yeah i dude i don't need a reason to rewatch mara vistan so great good. fucking show so good um significantly better than the white lotus by the i'll way. agree i'll yeah. agree with you i'll agree with you on that <laughs> I, I will anybody who doesn't agree with that is absolutely insane but yeah the the white lotus got it hey a lot of people are gonna listen to this maybe everyone who listens to this who watched white lotus is gonna disagree with me and say it's a great show and it, they can't wait to look forward to a season two and they hope that certain characters come back and blah, 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 and whatever. And look, I just felt like we got tricked in the, in the pilot episode. Yeah. Uh, they showed Shane looking out at the, uh, the coffin, whatever it was, the box. And it was like, the guy asked him, where's your wife? And it's like, okay, they're trying to tip that he killed someone. Maybe he mm-hmm. killed his wife. He's all messed up. And he didn't kill anyone. Really? I, I mean, he, it was an accident. It was, it was legally an accident. Yeah. I, I mean, it, it was lame. It, it was just lame. And like and you, you know said, 
No, sorry, go ahead. No, well, he, here's the here's the weird part. Like, I needed at least I needed at least three and a half minutes um, of the show to talk about how he so quickly got away with that. Because yeah. in a hotel, it is absolutely reasonable for part of the hotel staff to be in your hotel room if you are not there. Like that is common. Like it happens. Like everyone's gone to a hotel, they've opened the door and someone's been cleaning it. Or like you've been there for 30 seconds, then like someone walks out of the bathroom and has been cleaning it. So like, I can't believe there wasn't, like there is some kind of legitimacy to being like, wait a minute, this guy works at the hotel. Like I'm sure there was a reason he was in your room. We didn't get any of that. It was just like, all right, cool. It's just a, it's just a montage. Oh, you're rich and white. Here you yeah. go. Yeah. Which be is on, be I, on your way, sir. Yeah. That, like that. Definitely we get it. We get it. Okay. <laughs> like yeah. that's the, the entire show is like whoever did this show, like really wanted to just emphasize uh, the anti uh, right. rich angle. And it's, I mean, I just didn't think they said anything new. If that's what they were trying to do, like put a new spin on uh, white privilege and right. uh, rich, like it's like, I didn't think they did anything different and it wasn't unique. I just, I, I didn't enjoy it, but I'm, I guess you enjoyed it more than I did. So I, I did. I did. Although for, for season two, it's going to be on a very short leash. Like, I'm, and right now I'll tell you right now, I'm going to watch every episode of season two, just cause like I have a hard time not finishing sh- like shows or series, but it doesn't mean I'm going to like it, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you know, but uh, let's, let's dive into manifest. Cause we both I was like manifest. Just, I was just going to say, Let's talk about a show we both like, and that is Manifest. So yes. I, I absolutely love Manifest, and we both love Manifest. So why don't you are the guest? So why don't you start on Manifest? Um, okay, here are my here are my takeaways. I and I I tweeted this, and I know you, and I know you saw. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, know, I have never, uh, I've never seen a show be as good at it as it is with such bad acting. I, I feel as though, um, but you know how people have the discussions like, hey, what's the worst team to win an NBA championship, right? Or like, mm-hmm. what's, the, what's the, the lowest or the least collection of talent you could have to win a title? I feel like Manifest is like that. And it's not every character, by the way. It, it's mostly my guy, Ben. Oh, he's I, fucking sucks. He's the worst character on the show. It's hard for me to even look at his face. It's awful. It's like on uh, Commissioner Gordon was the worst character on Gotham. I like that show, but he was the worst character. The main and character he, being the worst character is rough, but it's a yes. great show. So, it, and it, it is. And you know, I just I feel. And here's my beef with him: like, for some reason, he never. He's not a human, right? Like, you could spit in his mouth. And like, you know, call his mom a whore. And he'd be like, well, hey, listen, you know, maybe my mom was whoring around. (laughs) You know what I mean? Or I shouldn't have had my mouth open where you were spitting. (laughs) It it happens all the time. I'm like, dude, can you, the only time he gets mad is like, if, you know, that guy at the church does something, but I'm like, wait a minute, your, your wife might be pregnant with another man's baby. And I don't care about the circumstances. Like you should have some more of a visceral reaction and, be, and you should at least be conflicted. And he's not even conflicted for a second, but like it go, it's, it extends so much deeper than that. Uh, and it's, ugh, he just, even my mom watches the show. My mom's not like a big like TV person. Like she just watches it to enjoy it. She was the one who pointed out. She was like, 
wait, does this guy suck at acting? And I was like, absolutely. <laughs> my dad, that's so funny. My dad watches the show and he's the same way. Yeah. And he hates him too. He, he pointed it out too. He's like, this guy sucks. I love this show, but this dude sucks. Like when he saw, he's so bad. like when we saw that the show was coming back for a season four, obviously yep. Netflix brought it back. Thank God. Yep. It's going to get a proper ending. 20 episodes. Don't, uh, don't spoil. I haven't, I'm halfway through season two. I'm not, I'm not spoiling okay. it. I'm just saying it's coming back. Okay. Uh, season four, 20 episodes. I won't say yeah. anything more than that. Cause I know you're not through season two. That's all I'm going to say. And when I, when I told my dad that it was coming back, he's like, is Ben coming back? And I'm like, <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, daddy's the main character. He's like, fuck. <laughs> guy sucks. But there are some characters that grew on me. Like I love Sanvi. Oh, she's great. Yeah. I think she's a, I think she's a really good actress. And you know, I also, I just started following her on Instagram. She's my new top, she's my new top five for crushes. Um, specifically, and this is my, like, I, this is my God complex and my ego talking. I think she's like next to, you know, Jennifer Aniston as like, in terms of people who, if I actually met them, I think there's at least a non-zero chance we would exchange numbers. Uh, again, this is my God complex. I, you're, you're supposed to laugh at that. You're, supp- <laughs> you're supposed to call me crazy. So I'm sure that factors in to, to why I like her so much, but she's fantastic. Yeah, what? she's good. I, I, can, I know. I'm, I'm looking at your face the whole time and I'm like, oh, God damn it. You think you could get her number? She's on television. I th- Listen, <laughs> like, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying there's a good chance. I'm just saying there's a non-zero chance. And- are you saying you think you could get Jennifer Aniston's phone number? I'm saying like, yes, that is what I'm saying. No, you don't actually believe that. Okay. Here's, here's all I'm saying. If you, if you put me in San, what's, what's her actress name? What her real name? Par, Parveen or something? You, you put me in Parveen. Sanvi. Parveen. You put Par, me I, in, I don't remember. Sorry. I have to look up her last no, name. No, I think that's, I think it's Parveen like Kuar or Kaur. If you put us in a bar. A thousand times. I think 999 out of a thousand times, nothing happens. But one of those times, there's a little bit of friction. There's a little spark. And I think I end up with a number. So it's like if Jacob deGrom throws you a thousand fastballs, you, you maybe make contact one time. No, you, straight, you, you swing and miss a thousand times. I'm, I'm hitting it 535 feet. But even, you know, outside of my own, you know, God complex, <laughs> she, she is very, very good. Uh, who else ended up growing on me? Um, Mick, she ended up growing on me. She's great too. Yeah. I, the, the further the, she's like one of those basketball players, like, um, it's a good example. She's kind of like um, Shabazz Napier. Good example. I'm going to bring up Shabazz because it's, because I have to do some UConn stuff at every podcast. <laughs> um, Shabazz, if he, He's obviously he's out of the NBA now, but there's a reason for it. If you bring him off the bench for like 15 minutes, never gets in his groove. But if you look at his numbers when he had to be like a spot starter and was actually playing like 20, 30 minutes, he was really good. Mick is the same way. Like I think she just needed more reps in the show for to become like an addictive character. Um, but that being said, like I to shout out to you for kind of hooking me on the show, man. Like I, yeah. I don't know what it is. I just every episode is totally different. And I love it. Yeah. Whenever somebody asks me 
to recommend a show, it's always my first one now. I mean, it's not a, it's not a hard recommend anymore because it's on Netflix. Right. Now, it's, now we know it's coming back. And it's, yeah, I think it's, it's not just a show. The thing, obviously it's a sci-fi show first, right? but it's also, you don't need to be like a sci-fi nerd to enjoy the show. I don't think. Cause I'm not exactly. like a huge sci-fi person. I do like sci-fi, but I'm not like right. a huge sci-fi person and I love the show. So I, I think it's a kind of a show that everyone can enjoy. Cause it has like drama. It has like the, the romance stuff too. And it's, it's just a great all around show, except obviously you said, I, I think just Ben is, horrendous atrocious that can be universal but yeah i i just think it's it's a great show i enjoy watching it like it's it's a fun show to watch that's something that's important and it's i think it's actually i think it's like the perfect length you know like yeah there you know because without commercials obviously it comes out to somewhere i don't know 45 48 minutes or something like that i'm like okay i couldn't do any more and i don't want any less it's just enough time for something different to happen every episode, like a bank robbery or like, you know, someone loses their kid or like there's a wolf. I don't know, but <laughs> like <laughs> there's, it's, it's good. Now here's the question I want to ask you. This show has a little bit of the supernatural, a little bit of the paranormal. Mm-hmm. Have you ever had any experience? I'm not saying a calling, but have you had any experiences that are kind of in that realm? I have never had anything like that before. No. Are you asking me because you have? Well, I'm a, well, yes and no, right? Like I've never had a calling, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I've never seen like, this is, the, this is the last episode I left off on. I've never seen ash like fall onto my oh, skin. Yeah. Um, but I have seen some weird stuff. Uh, I've probably seen like 11, 12 ghosts in my life. I've seen them with, friends i've i've had a medium this was very weird uh a medium went up to me once like a meet immediately saw me and was like went up to me she was like i know you see ghosts i know you can do what i do i was like this is freaking me out so like i think that's part of the reason i like this show because it does have that supernatural and you really don't figure out like what the source of it is like i still have no idea what the source of all of this is yeah i don't want to spoil anything for you so i don't want to go too deep into it too deep into it but the call the callings are just the thing that looms over it that's just so interesting about it when they right. just when they hear something and like you said the ash falling onto yep. them or michaela i think it's the pilot episode where michaela hears her own voice that leads her to the kidnapped girls yes it's like right right away you get hooked in based off that yeah it's like they, they do a great job of hooking you in i will say and it's i think it it gets going pretty well right away and additionally, like, there are some people that weren't on the flight that have callings. So it, it kind of makes it, you know, like, there's a chance that this could be ubiquitous and, like, the whole world is changing. Um, and that's also what keeps me going. I'm actually, I'm waiting. I feel really bad for, I can't think of the daughter's name, the, the twin. Oh, Olive? Yes. I feel really bad for her. I'm waiting for her to have a calling. I'm like, can yeah. she at least get a little something? Like, get some, make her special somehow. Like make her a, get, give got, her a co-calling or something. She can get a calling with someone. Something. Yeah. <laughs> she's, she's got nothing right now. Do you yeah. know who I love though? I love the NSA guy. Oh, he's great. Vance. I was so angry. Ah, should, should we spoil a little bit? I mean, if you haven't watched the show yet, yeah, at all and you plan to watch the show uh 
pause go on, now or go on go, mute for yeah go on a mute. minute yeah a minute no longer yeah. than a minute all right um i was so mad when his character got killed off and i and i remember saying to my mom i was like because we, we it's our show we watch together um it's uh it, it's gonna it's definitely gonna be on my app idea can i watch this with my mom um aka is there nudity yeah. or violence <laughs> so <laughs> and I was so mad. I remember turning to my mom. I was like, I can't believe they killed off that guy. Like he was actually one of the best actors on the show. Like I loved when he was in every scene. And then when he came back, I like did like a big fist pump. Yeah. It was, it was like, it was like, I was at like, you know, like some big East game. Right. And I was like, yeah, let's go. He's back. That might've been one of the best. That what well, not might've been. That was one of the best moments on the show. The reveal of him being alive. Definitely top five best moments yes. on the show. Very cool awesome. moment. Yeah. So what do I have to, I'm about halfway through season two. Mm-hmm. I don't want you to spoil anything, oh, but boy. talk me, talk me into, talk me into finishing the rest of this. And I plan on finishing the rest of it. But like, if you had to, if you had to like hammer the coffin shut on me to, for watching the rest of the show, seal the deal, talk me into it. Okay. What was the last thing you just watched? What's the last episode you just watched? The last episode I just watched is Sanvi, AKA, the future Mrs. Esposito. <laughs> Sanvi, Mick, and Ben have the same calling where the ashes are falling down mm-hmm. and they're, they see the plane crash, which was bizarre for me because I have no idea if this plane crashed or not, but that's what I saw. Okay. Part of the reason you should keep watching, it's very cool. They go more into Sanvi's backstory. You learn nice. more about her. More Sanvi. Yeah, they get, which it's one of the only like uh, problems I have with like the first season. You don't really learn anything about Sanvi. It's all really about the Stone family and nothing really mm. else. But you learn more about Sanvi in like the third season, I think is where they really okay. get into her and her personal life and all that. Nice. So that's good. And then uh, I think Jared kind of takes a turn for the more interesting, I don't know if it's the end of season two, but season three, yeah. gets way more interesting too. He's I, starting I to make a yeah. transition. Yeah, yeah. He's, he just becomes a much better character in season two and season three. Nice. And I... He's good. Yeah, I, I like him a lot. And uh, I don't know if you... I, I don't want to spoil anything. What, what characters do you know so far? Like, I know the major. I know... Oh man, who, who, if I'm sure there are some characters that get introduced in season three, I can't see them really introducing anyone else at the point that I'm at in season two. Who was two. the last character you just met in season two? Did they go to like the... The, the junkie ex-wife or junkie wife of Mick's oh, okay. boyfriend. Okay, so Zeke you met. Yes. So yep. Zeke you met, okay. Yeah, the, the stuff with Michaela and Zeke is also enough reason to stick around. It gets more interesting with, nice. with the two of them. I, I okay. Zeke's Zeke is a great character. He's yes. very entertaining. Yeah. Can't and it gets, it gets more and more interesting. Cause yeah, you can't figure him out. He's like a, you just, and she's a cop and right. she has a boyfriend who she knows nothing about. It's so bizarre. And he, you get into that as the show goes on and it's the whole, obviously the whole dynamic with yep. Jared being obviously reasonably jealous that, that that gets better and it's oh, it's just an entertaining show and i will say the season 3 of 
you are going to dislike Ben even more in season three when you get to that. Do you want oh, me to? I, didn't, I, I don't know I if didn't you even think it was possible. I, I don't know if you want me to tell you why, but you are going to dislike him even more. He's, it's infuriating the way he's he is kind of like he's my he's my television Kyrie Irving. Yeah, is what he is. <laughs> like every time like Kyrie does something that you know convinces fans to think he's actually an intellectual, like it just pisses me off. And then like he does something else, right? Like he like the most tone deaf tweet you could ever say about like, Oh my God, that was, I don't even want to get into the mask stuff. The point is Ben is my Kyrie. Kyrie is my Ben. Um, and like, you know, Lord willing, the Celtics will play the nets on the same, the same night. I want to binge the new season of manifest. (laughs) So that way I can only, you know, torment, torment myself with one person at a time there. Uh, but here's, here's a question for you. This is a very short question. Olive's boyfriend, TJ? Yeah. Yes. The young kid. Yeah. He looks like his face, right? His face looks just like the young version of what actor? Famous actor, probably late 30s, early 40s now. I got to bring up. Bring up his face. Bring up his face. To- once, I, once I noticed this, I couldn't, uh, I couldn't not see it. Garrett uh, weighing... Garrett Waring, um, sure. he definitely does look some look like somebody. Uh, Garrett Waring, yeah. Google, um, Google Leonardo Di- uh, DiCaprio from Titanic. Oh wow, yeah! Holy Dude, shit! Just like him. Wow, just he does like look him. like him. You're you're not gonna not see it now. I keep wanting to call him Leo. Wow, the hair, the hair specifically. The hair, the face, yeah. He's like a, he's a little chubbier, I think. Not chubbier, but a little huskier. Um, but yeah, spitting image, I think, of a young Leo. But not also, gonna have the career. Don't, as don't look up his character on Google if you don't want to be spoiled about the I show. Won't. Yeah, <laughs> just, just look up the actor. <laughs> just look up the actor's name. Yeah, <laughs> big save, big save yeah, yeah. by you. Wow, <laughs> big save. That's funny. Um, real quick, you want to do a uh, quick, I got a quick Nick thing for you. Sure. Okay. Bleacher Report today. Oh, God. Bleacher. I know, dude. Bleacher. <laughs> if, if, if I had like a, you know, like, like a triangle of death, it would be Ben, Kyrie, and Bleacher Report. <laughs> um, <laughs> but they, they gave out their redraft today of, uh, of uh, RJ Barrett's draft class. So what is that, 2018? Oh, yeah. I saw that. Yeah. They have Zion. Tybal is fourth, right? Absolutely ridiculous. They yeah. that was one of the dumbest things. But they have Zion and then Ja and then RJ. Listen, I'm putting my stamp on it. I am guaranteeing it. By this time next year, RJ Barrett will be definitively ahead of Ja Morant in any redraft you do. I'm calling it. I would take him ahead of Ja Morant today. But I'm what I, I'm a completely biased Knicks fan. But I mean, yeah, he's second for me today, so I'm not going to disagree with you on that. I think that some people are so set on Ja over RJ that that it's going to take a lot for to change their perception. But you look at Ja Morant's three point shooting, and RJ's just such a better three point shooter. And all I hear about is how the game is so much about three point shooting. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, well, then what are we talking about here? 
and it's about defense. It's about wing defense. And obviously, Ja's not a wing, but perimeter defense. And Ja doesn't guard. And he's a smaller guy, and it's going to be hard for him to guard. I get that. But RJ's a better defender right now. Different positions, I know. But I, I just think you're going to have to put how, – how should I phrase this? You have to work harder to build a championship team around John Morant than you would around RJ Barrett. And at this point, like, I think there's a legitimate, there's, it's reasonable to look at their development and be like, okay, RJ took a, of course, John was better his rookie year than, than RJ Barrett, but like RJ Barrett took a pretty sizable leap forward his second year. Yeah. And John didn't. John did it. So like, if you're projecting John to be better next year, you're projecting him to make a big stride in some area. What and I, it? and, we, have, we haven't seen him get better as an NBA player. We simply haven't seen him get better as an NBA player yet, where R.J. Barrett has. And there's reason to believe that he'll continue to do so, especially on a Nick team um, that's going to be better. They're going to be better next this. year. Uh, Joe Molinax, who is friend of the show, Joe Molinax, yeah. who covers the Grizzlies and is a good guy. He's Yeah, great guy. And he's extremely knowledgeable, obviously. He's uh, Grizzly Bear Blues. Go check out his site for SB Nation. We talked to Joe about – Ja, and he said when uh, Triple J comes back healthy, he thinks that's going to have a huge impact on Ja. And he thinks that'll help Ja play better. And I, I mean, he said, he also said he's not concerned about the shot. I mean, I think he said he's not concerned about, uh, or he is slightly concerned about the defense. He's not concerned about the shot. So he, he likes how the shot looks. And yeah, basically, his overwhelming message on it was when Triple J comes back, like fully healthy, he thinks that's going to propel Ja, really. So, I mean, we'll Ja see. gets – Look, I – yeah, we'll see, obviously. And, I mean, what is Triple J? I, I don't know what he is. I, I mean – I if, like him. Like – He's got to be healthy and consistent. Yeah, that's that's my only thing. I think he's got an absurd amount of talent. Like, yeah. just based on – I saw him more at Michigan State than I did in Memphis because he's been hurt so much. But, man, at Michigan State, he was ridiculous. Yes. No, he oh. he has game changing potential. Like, um, I forget the stat, but like it was, I think it was during his second year in the NBA. There were only two players in like NBA history who had ever shot thirty nine percent from three, and I think it was like four times per game at least, so good volume, while also blocking one and a half shots per game. And it was like him and Kevin Durant. You know what I mean? So like, and obviously you you can twist stats any way you want to twist them to paint a narrative, but like that's some pretty good company to be around. So like, we'll, we'll see, but uh, I just, you know, any chance I get the, I get to talk about RJ Barrett and, and plug my love for him. Yeah. You know, I know you gonna, love I'm RJ gonna do Barrett. It. Yeah. going to do it. Yeah. I know you love <laughs> RJ Barrett more than probably any other Celtics fan in the world. You love I know RJ it's weird. Barrett. And, I, and you know what? <laughs> I'm a UConn fan too. So like, it's kind of the double whammy. I'm rooting for like a Duke Nick guy. It makes no sense, but uh, I'm, I'm going to continue to stand for RJ. Yeah. Of all the Knicks you could have brought up, you brought up. I know. Uh, one who wasn't Kemba. I know. I, ha- I have to, you know, it's almost like um, I have to, I have to have a clean breakup with Kemba. You know what I mean? And then two years from now, I'll look back and say, Hey, we, we had good times together. Didn't we? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I need, I can't, I can't do the thing where you break up with somebody and then you hook up on an off after I, I got to have a clean break with him. I wish him the best, but it is what it is. Things didn't end uh, particularly well in Boston no, with Kemba. Not at all. Yeah. So that makes sense. But obviously you're still rooting for him to do well, though. Of course. Individually. Of course. Yes, of course. absolutely. 
always be a fan. Yep. Um, dude, this was awesome. This was As a blast. When you come on here. We're going to really have to find a, it. we're going to have to find another show, another deal to make. Once, once I finish manifest, we'll, uh, we'll find something else to review. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I just finished clickbait on Netflix. Yeah. I heard that, that is, was great. That, you like that one? No, I, I heard it was great. I heard it was good. I, came in with higher expectations okay so i think we're gonna have to find a different show i gotta find we'll talk i i gotta find a different show we'll wait for a we'll wait for a a bigger one but yeah we'll talk i you got to uh you got to plug yourself yeah i don't like plugging that i don't like plugging the guests because i do a terrible job of it you got to plug yourself sure uh listen if you are listening and you're into a basketball website that does a little bit of pop culture stuff from time to time. And somebody who tweets either about Jalen Brown or, you know, some of the strategical political uh, screw ups by Democrats. Those are basically the two things I tweet about. (laughs) Those are basically the two things I tweet about. So you can follow me at Matt Esposito underscore um, or check out my site, playgrounder.com. But this is more about you, man. You've, you've a lot of big stuff coming your way. Thank you very much for coming on the show, Matt. Yeah. Really appreciate it, man. It's always a blast. Yeah. Uh, and thank you, everyone, for listening to the show, Nick's State of Mind Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter, at ShipMurphy7. Follow Nick's Fan TV on Twitter. And subscribe to The Couch Critic. Thank you guys very much for listening. <laughs>